Hey everyone, happy Valentine's Day. Welcome back to Beauty School Bobby. Today we are here with a very special guest, Dr. Jason Hall. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this. This should be fun. This has been a work in progress of us actually getting to record together. So we're yes. finally here. I think we met or started talking like in the summer. Yeah. Um, yeah, like uh, nine months ago now. Yes. So. so I love that. I'm so happy to get to talk to you. And actually, one of the reasons that I had originally reached out to you um, is because you're a plastic surgeon, but you're also very present on social media. So outside of the, you know, the big names that are on like E! and Bravo and, and those kinds of shows, I'm like, I never see this. And I loved your energy and excitement about putting yourself out there. So I knew that we had to get together. And I figured you'd be an easy interview since you're already used to doing this. Well, all the time. I, I appreciate it. I don't, I don't quite have the following of uh, all the people on E or any of that, but uh, I, no, I appreciate there. it. It'll be, yeah, we'll get there. We, we'll use this to get there. Exactly. But it, it, this should be fun. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. So one of the main things that my, um, or that our audience and our listeners, viewers, um, you know, want to know are this kind of age range um, that we have and, um, you know, that we get to utilize um, is a lot of people that are getting into finally taking care of their skin. So one of the things that we talked about um, when we met in your office was um, different ways that young people can kind of start taking care of their skin, or if they are looking into um, routes of plastic surgery, kind of how you um, recommend people starting um, the process. So obviously you're located in Knoxville, Tennessee. So you're yes. local, you're here. Um, so people can come here to find you. But when people are approaching you at a very young age and are like, what do I need to start doing? What are you recommending at this point? It's, it's really, that's a great question. And most of, you know, so like just as a little background, at least half of my practice is facial cosmetics. I'm subspecialty trained in kind of neck up surgery. And so I see a lot of that. I really enjoy a lot of that. And one of the beautiful things about plastic surgery is that we kind of are the la one of the last specialties left that operates from top of the head to the bottom of the feet and everything uh -huh. in between. Um, but a lot of what I do is focused on facial aesthetics. And skincare is a huge part of that. Whether you're 20, whether you're 40, 45, whether you're 65, taking care of your skin is really crucial. And unfortunately, what a lot of my business is, is correcting damage that could have been prevented or slowed if we'd have taken care of our skin when we're younger. Um, and so now I have a, my oldest is, well, almost 14 now, hard to believe, but we've actually kind of gotten her started on prevention because, you know, acne is a real thing. If you can catch that early and prevent that or treat it, kind of get on it early, you're going to help prevent correcting a lot of the scarring, the pigment problems that come with that. Um, and then kind of moving on into, you know, that kind of flares when you're 13, 14, kind of tends to die off a little bit. And then when you're in your 20s with kind of some of the hormone changes that you have then, it can kind of come back. And you see a lot of, you know, I see a lot of patients who are really upset in 24, 25 that they thought their acne was gone and now it's back. Right. And so we spend a lot of time treating that. Um, to get to your question about, you know, what can you do? It's really boring. Skincare when you're when you're in your like late teens, early twenties is really boring. Um, good skin, good sun protection with a good physical sunscreen uh, is kind of the first thing that we recommend to everybody. Um, there are great sunscreens now that can go on almost like a foundation. Mm -hmm. um, they're tinted sunscreens, and in our all of our office staff, my wife, my daughters use that as their foundation. Um, and there's a difference between, so, you know, not all sunscreens created equal. Um, they, the physical sunscreens have things like zinc oxide or aluminum oxide and actually reflect the UV light versus, you know, if you've heard of PABA, mm -hmm. which is kind of an, one of the chemicals in the chemical-based sunscreens, which absorb that UV light, but then keep it from hitting your skin. They don't typically work as well. And so all of the sunscreens we recommend are physical, physical sunscreens with those zinc oxides. Um, the next thing is a really kind of a low dose vitamin A, a retinoid. And that is what that does is kind of help slough 
the, that kind of dead, dull surface layer of your skin um, also helps to decrease oil production. So it helps with acne. Um, and that's a good preventive. If you start having acne, a topical retinoid is a great topical treatment to help to kind of dry some of that up. Um, but it can be really irritating. And so when we're talking about retinoids, it's important to use that at night, a couple of nights a week. Don't use it during the daytime. Um, and be working with whoever is prescribing that because you're going to get dry. And if you start getting wind burned, you're using it too much, we need to back off. And you need somebody that kind of coaches you through that as right. you get started. Yeah. And I know your wife um, works with you. Um, yes. So I know that this is kind of something that she does um, a lot of and that she does in your office. So your kids, I didn't realize actually until you mentioned your daughter, but like how lucky are they to have you and her like being able to like tag team their skin? Like they're going to have the best skin ever. They're going to look 12 literally forever. Not, not, <laughs> not, not good. They will. They're so lucky. That's yeah. amazing. They don't even know. I'm sure at 14, she's probably just like, oh, mom, you know, like, and she actually is pretty, she's actually pretty good about it. She actually, she? last night we were talking and she's like, dad, where's, where's mom? Where's mom? I, I've got, I got a zit. I got a zit. You got to do something. So, you know, yeah. and, and mom, Take, you know, gets your little extractor and takes care of it. That's so, so amazing. Well, I yeah. love that. And I love that you all can tag team this business that you all um, have together. So talk to us a, a little bit about your practice, um, what you do there, um, what your wife does there, and what services that you all offer. So I, I kind of only half joking, but she's, she is, runs the show. I'm like employee number one. <laughs> um, so she has, she's a PA by training, is, has a background in dermatology. Um, and so she kind of, she like does, focuses on the non-surgical part of it. Um, really her passion is skincare. That's what kind of got her into dermatology. She loves it. Very knowledgeable. Um, and so she does that. She is uh, kind of our second injector um, laser expert. So that's kind of her aspect. And that's part of the non-surgical practice. So to kind of keep from muddying the waters, you know, we're a, my practice is a full service cosmetic surgery practice. Um, you know, most of my procedures, it's about a 50-50 split between facial surgery and then breast and body surgery. Um, and then we have a non-surgical arm that does, is kind of everything you would imagine. Um, toxins, fillers, laser, um, non-surgical skincare, hydrofacial, um, you know, we have a esthetician in our office who's fantastic, who's been with us for a long time. Um, and so, you know, really kind of soup to nuts aesthetics yeah. here in Knoxville. I think that's really cool that you have all of that. I don't know that everybody knows like all of the things that you all do there. Um, your office is incredible and just Thank so you. welcoming and just amazing. So I really, really, um, really believe in what you all are doing um, and love what you guys are doing. And so as people are looking, I mean, num one of the number one things that students um, that we meet with for aesthetics Everybody wants to do um, what your wife is doing or working with you. I mean, everybody <laughs> wants it. That's the dream job, literally. Like, that's what we hear all the time. So as somebody in this area that is hiring for those things, like, obviously, you all have a lot going on. There's a lot of, like, balls up in the air that you're juggling um, in the office, and you have so many people that are there to help you. When you're hiring or looking for estheticians, what are you looking for? What are the kind of qualities? Gosh, sorry. What are the qualities and traits that you're looking for um, when you are hiring? Yeah, that's a that's a kind of the million dollar question. Um, and we've been so our practice. We moved here from Houston in 2015, so gosh, almost eight years ago now. Um, and we've been through kind of every iteration. We kind of laugh that we've in in business, you know, in solo practice, medical business. If there's a mistake to be made, we've probably made it. Um, hiring included. And, you know, what, what we have found is kind of what all of the, all of the people with lots of gray hair will tell you is that you hire for personality. Um, and so the first thing that we're really looking for above anything else is someone who fits with our off existing office staff mm -hmm. and who we feel is going to fit well with our patient base. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then, and then after that, then it's, we kind of look at, you know, what skills are you bringing to the table? What's your experience and what experiences can we help provide? You know, what, what training can we add to what you're already bringing to the table? So, um, it's kind of the, the old, uh, the old adage is that hire for personality, train for the skill. Yeah. How quickly do you know when you're interviewing somebody, whether they're going to be a good fit? Like, are you, do you pick up on it quickly or what is like, do you know pretty much right away when you meet somebody, if it's going to work or not? I'm not as good at that as my wife. Really? Yeah. Okay. Do you all yeah. interview together? Like yes. when they, okay. So first interview right off the bat is you two together. Shh, no, no, that would be, I think that would be overwhelming. It'd be really I mean, weird. it would scare me. <laughs> that would scare me. You know? Um, no, she, typically she will do a phone interview. Okay. And then, um, and then we'll talk to, we'll, we'll bring candidates in. Um, and it's typically, it's a, um, kind of an involved, the in-person interview is kind of an involved process because they meet everybody in the office. I love that. Um, and you know, we, we sit and talk together. Um, she and I will sit and interview somebody together, but they'll meet everybody. Um, and we get, we get everybody's input because whoever that is has to fit with our team. Yeah. Um, we've, we've had people that we thought were awesome that we brought on that the team was kind of like, I'm eh, not really sure, and ended up not working out well for anybody. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we we um, we very much value the people that work work with us, and we want their opinion when we're making a, an addition to the team. Yeah, I love that. I think that that's so important. I think that there's not a lot of people that value that. I think. Um, in this industry, something that we talk about a lot is that there's a lot of ego, um, in the beauty industry. Um, and no, no. <laughs> you gotta be kidding. There's a lot of ego. And so I think it's awesome that you like recognize that like, if it's kind of like happy wife, happy life, but like with the team, yeah. like your team has to, they're the ones working directly with these people. Like you kind of get to like dip out or whatever, you know, but they're the ones that are going to be there working with that person. So I think it's so smart that you involve them, um, in that process. And I think as a candidate, like, I think it also has to make them feel better to be like, Oh, this is who I'm going to be working with. You're probably getting a more honest, um, interview also, because it's not just like, okay, I've just need to win you over. You yeah. know, it's kind of like you're being thrown in to be like, no, this is everyone. And this is how we work. So I think that that's really smart. Yeah, I I heard one time it's it's like if you don't want to eat lunch with somebody, it's not somebody you're gonna work want to work with. Right. Yeah. You know? No, definitely. I think that's awesome. So how many employees you have one esthetician working with you mm -hmm. um in the office? How many employees do you have on staff? Seven. Okay. Yeah. So it's not that. like huge. It's not yeah. a big, but you guys do a lot. <laughs> it's <laughs> so. it's it's a, it's a busy. Everybody everybody has their place. It's busy. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a fun. We try and make it fun. Yeah. You know, because sure. it's I mean it's just, it's cosmetic surgery. It's yeah. aesthetics. It should be happy. It should yeah. be. It shouldn't be a stressful, hateful work environment. Right. Definitely. And yeah, patients cool. can see that. One hundred percent. I mean, if you're miserable at yeah. work, and you, you know whether you're answering the telephone or taking some of these vital signs or doing an injection, if you're miserable and hate your job, people are going to see that. Right. Definitely. No. And you've only been here eight years, which I, eight years. I, yeah, I thought it was like longer. So it is crazy that the name that you've made for yourself in this time. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I think that that's awesome. I thought you've been here for way longer. So that's thank really, there, there are days that it feels like. It. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I'm sure. So, um, as an esthetician or somebody that would want to be coming in, um, in that role, um, how much responsibility are you putting on them as far as like right away? Are you looking for somebody with experience or would you rather have somebody that's kind of like maybe not fresh out of school, but somebody that hasn't been trained in a different way um, so far? Do you have a preference on that? There's, that's a, that's a great question. And the answer is kind of, it depends. Um, it depends on kind of what the business's needs are at the time. There's certainly pluses and minuses to both. Mm -hmm. um, you know, plastic surgery the, the skills and the expectations are of the patients are going to be a little bit different than if they're going to a, a non-surgery related spa, mm -hmm. for example. Yeah. Um, and so, that, and that's something that took us a long time to realize 
is that there are there there are a little bit of a different expectation there and from the patients and so you know it it's great you know the estheticians that have been out for a long time that have a lot of experience um certainly bring that experience and we value their their insights plastic surgery is a little different and so there's there's a part of that that we have to kind of shift maybe shift expectations or um treatment recommendations uh -huh. i guess versus a new grad who has learned it all yeah but really doesn't have the practical experience to apply that um you know certainly the 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 new grad is going to require a lot more onboarding mm -hmm. but the the more experienced person we may be working together to say, okay, you know, you had these these services available. Now you've got these services plus you've got this, this, that, you know, all the way up to operating room, ablative laser treatments. And so mm -hmm. you're not limited in this window. You've got a lot more that you can kind of incorporate in terms of treatment recommendations. Yeah. How much is soft skill? How much is it of just like how to talk to people? in a different way, the verbiage that you use. I mean, is that a big part of the training of somebody that was that's coming in um, to this kind of environment that may be coming from a spa? Like just kind of as you're talking, I'm like, there's certain things that you say and ways that you say it. Um, I'm sure that's different than being in a spa. So is that a big part of it or not really? I think it is. It's, it's also one of those things, I think we're still trying to learn how to best impart that. I don't, we haven't, we haven't really, um, gotten haven't really gotten a great way to to teach that yet mm -hmm. because in in you know in cosmetics if you're coming in because you're talking about wrinkles and lines and things you don't really want a cast of thousands when you're in a small intimate private office right of saying you know now you want to say this you don't want to say that and mm -hmm. and so it's it can be a little bit difficult to teach that in a very concise way. There's a lot of, I think for me, from a surgical standpoint, my consult, my consultation has evolved over time as yeah. you realize what works and what doesn't and yeah. ways to talk about things with people that, that works really well and ways that kind of falls flat and, you know, may sound really sciencey and nice to another surgeon, but patients kind of eyes glaze over and like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. So it, that probably isn't something that is like taught at school. I mean, is that no. something that you really just have kind of had no. to figure out through um, trial and error a little Absolutely. bit? Absolutely. Are yeah. there times you put like, is there something and you don't have to say it right now, but is there something that stands out in your mind that you're like, I can't believe I said that like forever ago when you were first starting? I still like obsess over embarrassing moments in my life. Like I don't ever forget it. So is there anything like that that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I used to say this or I can't believe I like said this that you've evolved from or no? I'm, no I, I wouldn't say so. I'm pretty candid with people yeah. in, the, in the room. Right, um, yeah. They're, they're, I don't really hold back. Mm -hmm. um, if and, you always, and you've always been like that. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. I, I was a really shy kid. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I was really shy. I was terrible with girls. Awful. <laughs> um, and um, when I was a like a teenager. And, but over time, um, I think that open openness and honesty is one of those qualities that i think people value i think people come to plastic surgery assuming somebody's that that me as the surgeon is going to kind of pull the wool over our eyes and tell them what they want to hear so that they'll sign a check and have surgery um but when you tell somebody that you know you don't need what you want mm -hmm. and you need something that's really a lot less than what you think you do. Uh -huh. um, a lot of time, actually every time, I've never said something like that or tell somebody, for example, have the really hard conversation that, you know, I know that you want this, but you're, you need to lose weight before we can do it safely. That, that's a tough conversation to have, but I've never had that conversation with somebody and then had them not look at me and go, thanks. I appreciate you being honest and telling me that what I want is not best for me right now. Right. And they, we give them resources. They go off. They lose the weight they need to lose. And they come back and they have surgery and get a nice result. Yeah. 
Well, I think that that's awesome. And I think that that's obviously like something that keeps your clients coming back to you when you know that they're going to be, that they're going to be honest. So I want to hang tight right there. We're going to take a second to hear a word from our sponsor and we'll be right back. The Beauty School Bobby podcast is brought to you by Tennessee School of Beauty, the leader in cosmetology education since 1930. As one of the first nationally accredited cosmetology schools in the nation, TSB has been recognized by Modern Salon as one of the top 10 beauty schools in America and voted the top cosmetology school in East Tennessee for 28 consecutive years. Offering programs in cosmetology, aesthetics, medical aesthetics, and makeup through MUD as MUD's first standalone satellite location in the United States. TSB has over 20,000 graduates and specializes in helping graduates open their own salons. Financial aid is available to those who qualify, and there's no additional charge for out-of-state tuition. So come see me to start your career in the beauty industry at Tennessee School of Beauty today. Once again, thank you to all of our sponsors. So we are back. So now I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about you and what you're doing um, right now. So you have, like I said, made a presence for yourself, a name for yourself um, on social media. So you have a podcast, which yes. I think is so fun. Um, so tell me a little bit about how that started. It it. Well, thank you. First of all, that, that uh, I'm glad to know at least one person has listened to at least one episode. Um, it actually, it started um, because of kind of paying attention to what's being put out on the internet um, and the kind of growth of a lot of these community boards. Um, I don't want to name anybody to get keep myself out of trouble, mm -hmm. but a lot of these forums where patients write in about their own experiences and are giving advice to other people. And, you know, what typically tends to happen, as you know as well as anybody else, is that the, the sensational stuff tends to get ranked higher and higher and higher. Mm -hmm. And the real, and, and people take that as real information, you know, like one person's good or bad experience as real information about whatever procedure it is that they're looking for. And I was seeing a lot of people come in with just bad, wrong information. Mm -hmm. And so the the podcast really started to try and get legitimate information about procedures, recovery, do's and don'ts, um, you know, all of that out into the world where people can listen to it because, you know, who wants to read all? Right, exactly. Yeah, it's easy. And the way that you yeah. put it, the content out, it's it's really easy to be like, I mean, I've seen stuff on your Instagram where I'll just like be scrolling and I'll be like, oh, awesome. I've never thought about this before. This is great. Like, I just think like, even if you're not looking for a particular procedure or anything, like there's still like, oh, that's good to know. And there's correct information um, yeah. being put out there. So I love that you saw like a need for that. I do want to ask you because obviously your plate was full already. Um, so I want to kind of speak to like the business, um, the business minds that might be listening or watching at what point were you like, okay, I'm going to take this on. This is something else I can do. Cause obviously, like I said, your practice is busy. You're a dad, you're a husband. Like, how did you decide that this was something that you were like, okay, I want to devote time to this. It's, it's so if you ask my wife, <laughs> um, we, we have very different and we're, you know, we're in this together and have been from the very beginning. We have very different views. She is the kind of the flying 300 feet off the deck, sees all the details, and I'm kind of the 30,000 foot view, you know, kind of bigger picture. And it, uh, you know, I saw a need for information and just said, you know, how hard can a podcast be? I mean, it's just talking. <laughs> how hard can that be? And I tell you, I, my hat's off to people like you who have big shows that are well-produced that, you know, put my little thing to shame. It's hard work. It is a lot to put together a good show. And I'm still working on it and I'm not to y'all's level by any stretch. It is a lot of hard work. Yeah. And so that time, like I know that I only because I know with us scheduling and stuff, I know you've separated time in your schedule and you're like, this is the time of my week that I devote to doing things like this, to making the videos and all of that stuff. Um, is that what you think is most important? It's just being like, okay, I have the time and I'm just going to dedicate it to that. I mean, there's, there's so many people that are entrepreneurs that are doing so many um, other things on top of, you know, we'll say normal jobs, real jobs, whatever we want to call it, um, on top of their, whatever's bringing in the money. Because I think a lot of times this is obviously like, 
passion project and it's to the side and it's something you want to focus on and follow, but it's probably not the main way that your income, that you're getting your income. So is that a piece of advice that you would give is like, just dedicate the time to do it when you're already, when you already have a full schedule or how does it work with you? I, I think that in the beginning, a lot of the things that I was doing social media wise, or is some of these other kind of side projects were nights and weekends. Okay. Um, with this, I really looked at things and said, you know, I, I kind of got tired of working on all these little side projects, nights and weekends, and said, this is something that is going to help the patients. This, you know, I'm doing this for our, you know, current and and future patients, and I want to devote time during the business day. You know, my mm-hmm. kids are getting older. I, I don't want to be working nights and weekends when I could be hanging out with them because don't have that many more years left with them in the house. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, spend some time sharpening the ax. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, I did. I blocked, you know, an afternoon, a week off where it's devoted to the business side of the practice, whether it's filming, whether it's social media planning, um, going over our kind of the back end business stuff with my wife and, and um, the accounting folks. It's it. We have some dedicated time for that, and that has been awesome. Yeah, I think it's important to schedule that. And I think, obviously, I mean, I don't know. You know, when you went um, to school to be a plastic surgeon, like there's so much that you're learning that you're like, okay, well, I have to get the skill down, right? Like you're like, I need to learn. But like, I'm sure that you never thought, you know, when you were in college and and doing all this, that like, okay, cool, a podcast is in my future. But you saw the value, like you saw, and we were talking before we started recording, and like it might not be like a you know, one episode equals X amount of dollars or whatever. It's getting that information out there. And I think that that's so awesome that that's your purpose and and why you're doing this. I know it's going to help your practice. And I think it's really cool to see or that we get to watch like how this grows and all of that stuff. But I do think it's really cool that you were like, there's a need for this. There is value in this. Like, I think a lot of people don't place the value on it because it's not just like, it's not just dollars moving, right? But mm-hmm. there, I love that you saw the value in it and then you were like, this is important and this does matter and we do need to have a social media presence and we do need to get this information out there and correct information matters. So I think it's funny to think about you being like in college, like learning, I mean, surgery, like you're a doctor, <laughs> you know, like surgery, but then this whole other side of your business at this point that you just figured out, I think it's awesome. Wait, there's, a, there's a lot of that that is... You know, as you and as you were talking about the podcast side of it, I think one of the things that differentiates the podcast part of it from social media, and I've, I mean, people that know me um, and have known me for you know for the last eight years around here know that I went through a, a long time where I was really dogging the social. I didn't want to be involved. It was like very esoteric, and it was you know very fleeting. And you spend all this time crafting a post that goes away. And one of the great things about podcasting as a medium is that it's it's you know I guess the the web people call it evergreen content. It's a it's out there. It's around, mm-hmm. and it doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and if and if people are searching for that content, they're going to find it. Right. Um, and so that's the other thing that really drew me to the podcast medium is that it's not a an Instagram post that's going to be gone you know, in 24 hours, Mm -hmm. it's going to be around. Yeah. And like you said, it's stuff that you're talking about anyways. Like you're not, you're not having, I know they're the content and being like, okay, what content do I want to put out? But it's stuff that you're talking about all day with clients anyways. So you have that knowledge there being like, I'm just kind of regurgitating what I'm saying all the time anyways. I don't have to like come up with these new ideas, but it's getting it out there in a way that it's going to stay out there. Like you said. Yeah, and it's but it, it's and that's what I thought when I got into it. Yeah, it was like, oh yeah, it's just gonna be. I talk about this stuff every day. Right. I talk, you know, facelifts and breast augmentation, yeah. rhinoplasties every day. This is gonna be really easy. Yeah, but putting it in a you know, getting that in a tight package that's not a rambling, you know, meandering conversation when you're just talking to the camera is very different from having a conversation with another right. person who's asking questions who you're trying to kind of. Get that too. So it was. It was a lot. I mean, I, I talking beforehand. It's a lot harder to put that out than I thought it was going to be. I yeah. was like, 
after a couple episodes, I was like, I bit off way more than I can chew here. Yeah, but you stuck with it. And now it's like, now it's your thing that you do. And I think it's awesome. Like, I think that just committing to that and being, but is that who you are as a person? Like once, are you kind of like, once you start something, you finish it anyways? Like, or do you kind of like have phases of like interest? Like, are you somebody who goes through a bunch of different hobbies or are you like, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to get really good at it. And then I'm going to move on. Yes and no. Yes and no. There, there. So the, in the, Yes, part. Um, you know, I went to my training. I'll go kind of tell a little story. When out of medical school, I went to general surgery, and was going to be I was going to be a, a pediatric general surgeon. Okay, so that was which kind you would have been a mate. Like you would have been awesome with kids too. But well, <laughs> well I but I, I ended up there kind of roundabout. Yeah. But then through my general surgery training, I kind of got turned on. I went to went to trained in Texas. Um, and the plastic surgery department was awesome. And a lot of my buddies in my intern class were integrated plastic surgery. So they matched into plastic surgery and kind of, we all started together and then they branched off halfway through. And so I got to see what they were doing. And I was like, awesome. (laughs) Like you guys are like putting fingers back on and doing all this crazy, you know, the stuff that you see on TLC. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to do this. and just so happens that one of the one of our co-residents um, didn't make it through their training, and you know I, they knew I was interested, and they said, "Hey, you, you would you you know you want to jump ship and cross over to plastic surgery?" I was like, "Look, I committed to the, to do general surgery. I committed to the five years. Um, I love what I'm doing right now. I do want to do this, but I love it. So no, I'm going to stick where where I am and mm-hmm. finish." Um, couldn't be happier that I did it. Yeah. Um, it would have shortened my training a little bit, but, um, but then, you know, to the no side of that, I've started and stopped guitar lessons. Like, I don't know how many <laughs> times, um, you know, yeah. there, there's all sorts of those things that kind of come and go Yeah, with podcasting. I said, I'm doing 10. Okay. You know, come hell or high water. I'm doing 10 episodes. Yeah. And then at 10 episodes, if I hate it, I'll stop. Yeah. And I was like, it's kind of fun. And it's in patients coming back and saying, I heard your podcast on Tummy Talk. This is really cool. I, I Thank you. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's why I do it. Right, exactly. And it's not even, yeah, like obviously you can make a lot more money if you fill that afternoon with doing surgeries and stuff. Right. But it's really cool that you do see the value of getting that, that correct, real, true information out. Um, cause I think, you know, when our purpose is just kind of above what it's easy to get stuck in it, like it's easy to just put your head down and be like, this is what I do. And this is what makes money and blah, 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 blah. And like getting caught in that. But I think what I love about people and what I'm seeing and what I thought was so interesting about you is that you do see the value in it and you do take the time to say like, you know what, I'm going to do something else on this afternoon and, and I'm going to give back. Cause I think that that's kind of how, what we all need to be kind of focus on. Now, if you were talking to somebody that's like, I'm going to, I want to be a plastic surgeon. Um, would you be like, okay, just know that there's this other part of it that is valuable to your business. Have you been doing this social media podcasting, all that stuff long enough to be like, I would recommend it for other people that are, you know, becoming plastic surgeons. Or are you like, I wouldn't even tell them to get into that at this point, just kind of focus on the, the plastic surgery stuff. Um, it would kind of depend on where that person was in their in their career path. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in medical school or if you're a resident, like hopefully you don't have time for surgery. Right. Like you need to be learning how to be a good doctor mm-hmm. and how to be a good surgeon. Um, once you're out, it really depends on your career pathway. Um, I think if you're if you're in private practice. Um, specifically if you're in cosmetics or want to grow the cosmetic side of your practice, you can't not have a social media account. Um, I was actually talking to a younger plastic surgeon over the weekend about this, this exact thing. Um, and he was, he was saying, you know, I'm just not, I'm not good at this. I don't, I don't really, I'm not really that into the, the whole social media thing. And I think that with, with us, with anybody, whether you're a surgeon, an esthetician, an injector, um, you know, a mechanic, it doesn't matter what you do. If you're good at what you do, people are going to find you. Uh-huh. Um, because word of mouth is still really probably the most powerful 
form of marketing out there, mm-hmm. um, social media just makes you more visible. Yeah. It'll, it'll maybe shorten that, the lag between being new and being busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most important thing is your results. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I know that everyone watching, like with your hair, is going to think that when we put this up, that you're actually in the beauty industry um, or that you're a hairstylist. We're going to have to put on there, like, best, you t- best hair and plastic surgery. Exactly. Right there. We're going to have to put something on. But because I know that we kind of talked about this a little bit as far as you being a part of the beauty industry, right? And one of the things yeah. that we talk about a lot on the show is the way that, like, hairstylists, estheticians, whatever trade that you're in, right? Like, you've got to learn that skill. Um, but social media is such a huge part of getting clientele in, um, and getting people in your chairs and what you need to be doing. And like, we've joked that like with 1500 hours of cosmetology, like 750 of that needs to be crash courses on how to do all of this stuff, because it is so important, um, with you being on a different side, um, and outside of the beauty industry. Um, I mean, do you think that that's, do you think that that's a point of, you know, something that needs to be added in? Or are you still thinking that like the main focus just kind of needs to be your, your skills first. And then this would be like an extra great second if you can do it. I think it would be, you know, in speaking to somebody who runs the beauty school, um, I think that the most important thing is making sure people are good at what they do, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, an elective and so, you know, I don't know if it, how the classes are set up, if you can have elective hours or extra hours for an honors diploma um, in some of the business part of it, social media being a part of that. But, you know, how do you go out and incorporate? Who do you talk to to incorporate? What do you have to do? What, what paperwork do you have to fill out? Um, you know, how do you get a chair in one of these places? What are the drawbacks of having a chair in one of these, like, rent a booth spots uh-huh. versus getting signed on with one of the larger hairstylists and working working your way up to being a master style you right know, what are the pros and cons and how do you make that work because uh-huh. you know you're you've got how many people are in a class every year um so we have like 275 students um yeah. like right now so that'll be our like normal for the year like that's kind yeah. of throughout the year how many people um and half of that is aesthetics i mean yeah. it's it's crazy how fast that's growing, but yeah. But you, but so you have a two, you have two hundred and fifty people in the class. Mm-hmm. There are some of those just pure statistics. Some of those are going to be really entrepreneurial minded mm-hmm. and are going to want to go out and strike out on their own and you know hang a shingle and do their own thing. And some people are going to want to go work for a more established place and build up a. A clientele and the needs there are going to be completely different. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, absolutely. you know, it'd be hard to say, make everybody do it. Mm-hmm. But I think that having that as an option would really, I mean, talk about standing out mm-hmm. as a school. If you, yeah. if you were able to kind of have a track that people could learn the business side of it too. Yeah, for sure. We've done a lot of episodes recently on like going viral and interviews and people that like local people that have gotten, how do you like, that's awesome to have that many views on TikToks, but how are you getting that person to come see you for a facial and in those conversations? So there is, you know, we're getting to watch this in a different way. I mean, we both grew up without social media, right? Right. So we are still like navigating this and figuring out kind of where this all lands. And there are people that are way better at it, faster at it, like all of that stuff than us. But I think just jumping in and realizing that it is like, an important part, but also like I said, like the value for the business that it brings, maybe not just specific dollar amounts, but yeah. there is like a value there. So I think that that's, well, I think you, I think you, you touched on it. I think it was, was it Morgan Cantrell? Was Morgan Carroll. Yeah. Carol, yeah. Yeah. Um, you were, I was listening to that, you know, a couple of days ago. Um, do you know and, how happy it makes me? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like, do you know how happy it makes me when you're like, I listened to that episode? Yeah. Like, I love it. Like, I like to think that you're just like bopping around listening to beauty school, Bobby. Yeah. Like, I, I love I was. it. It was. It's, it's, it's so on my happy. phone. Yeah, totally. Um, well, I mean, the title was like going viral. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm going to learn something here. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think that as the two of you were talking, she said something. It's like, you know, it's, it is. What do you, what's the goal with social media? I mean, do you want somebody in, in Pakistan or Washington state following you and commenting on all your stuff? Who's never going to come in and see you. Right. Exactly. Or is it more important to have, you know, a thousand followers that are all local, Mm -hmm. you know, 
500 of whom want to call you to, for an appointment. Yeah. I mean, I would argue, and the, kind of the way I've always looked at social media, is social media is local first. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that my Instagram account, you know, I'm not a blue check mark with a million followers, doesn't really bother me because, right. the, you know, more and more people are coming in the office going, I follow your Instagram account, I see you on YouTube, and, you know, I like what you, I like kind of what you put out there. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel like I know you now. Yeah. And I think that's so special. And I think especially for the, for what you do, I know how important that is. And I know that like them feeling comfortable with you and like already kind of having an idea, like I'm sure. And I wonder if you're going to start to notice this actually and tell me if this happens, but I wonder if you're going to start noticing that like people are coming in a little more educated because they've watched, like the questions might be different, you know, that your um, patients are asking because they may have already heard, um, you know, something that you said. So they might even be like, the questions might change. For what you're hearing, has that happened yet? Or I've, yeah, I've I've noticed consults the the discussion is deeper. Oh, cool. The, the the discussions there's there's a little bit more kind of chit chatty time. Okay. Of like relationship building because the patients aren't fo- don't come in with a list of questions and you know they pull their phone out and they're like I've got a few notes for you here and because they've they've heard a lot of it. And then there have been multiple times that I kind of start and start explaining procedures or how long. They're like, oh, yeah, I, I, I listen to your podcast. I know. That's like, so cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. I love that. I think that's awesome. I think that's only going to get more and more common for you, too. So I'm excited to see how even in like two years, like yeah. what it kind of what it looks like. It, it's the, the cool thing about it is that it's, you know, in 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 the room, I'm, I'm a, like in the consult, like I'm pretty chatty like mm-hmm. the nurses ma stands there like just rolls her eyes and start talking about somebody's <laughs> like favorite football team and their you know, their hobbies and they're like oh please but it it allows more time for relationship building which is really kind of the foundation of any like doctor patient relationship or client you know client provider relationship is you got to know somebody and like them mm-hmm. otherwise the the, you know, you have a great outcome, but if the, like the relationship's not there, yeah, it's not going to be as good as it could be. Yeah. And like you said, with word of mouth to be like, no, go to Dr. Hall. Like he's amazing. He spent time talking to me. I got all my questions. I mean, all of that stuff definitely matters. And, um, as women, like that's obviously kind of what we're, what we're talking about, you know, yeah. is like making sure you're not creepy. So yeah. that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the women have a very, mm-hmm. um, high EQ mm-hmm. and the, the creepy vibe is, yeah. is picked up on pretty quickly. It is definitely. So I have kind of a random question for you, okay. but if you weren't doing this, um, if you weren't a plastic surgeon, what, what were you going to do? What was your next path or what do you think you would have done? Gosh, I mean, you know, this kind of funny, we were, my daughter and I were, my daughter was helping me cook the other day and she asked me the same question. And at that at that, that point in my life, so I was a chemistry major in college, okay. if that tells you anything. Um, I what was, it tells me is that I believe that you are shy. And when you said, like, I was really shy when I was younger, yeah. like, I believe that. Completely. Oh, totally. Totally. It was, it, like, like that was my jam. Yeah. Like, chem- I mean, if this tells you how nerdy I was in college, um, chemistry major, biology minor, and German minor. Wait, what? Like, how, 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 yeah. Like, did you have a social, like, did you go out, like, when you were in college? Like, did you go have fun or were you, like? I, the college that I went to. Okay, and I'm so forgive me, For any of you who go to or went to Wake Forest, <laughs> excuse me, was not the most fun place on the planet. Okay. Um, it was, um, yeah, I mean, it was in a fraternity and had a good time, but it was not, you know, certainly wasn't the fun quotient that my buddies that went to UT right. or pretty much any other college in the United States had. <laughs> um, but, you know, I went abroad for six months. Um, and then, so that kind of compressed the amount of time that I had to get ready for medical school and try and get in. Um, but, you know, to answer your question, what was I going to do? I was, if I didn't get to medical school, I was probably going to go get a graduate degree in chemistry. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. Did you have any plan of what you wanted to do with it? Or were you just kind of like going through? Isn't it crazy to like look back? Because now you're like, okay, 
I got it together. Like you eventually figure it out, right? Yeah. But isn't it nuts that like back then being so young that you were in charge of like making those decisions? I'm like, who yeah. was telling me not to do these things or what I was doing? Like, I'm just like right. figuring it out. And I look at the girls or the students at the school and I'm like, you don't have to have it figured out. Like, I promise it's going to, you know, like, just keep going. Like, don't give up because you're not supposed to know. And right. looking back, I'm like, I was a baby making these decisions. Yeah. It's so weird. I was going to, I was going to, I mean, I, I remember now, I told my daughter this the other day. I was, if I didn't get into medical school, I was going to get a graduate degree and I was going to teach. Yeah. And that was going to be. I could see being a teacher. Yeah. I was going to teach <laughs> organic chemistry. That was what I really liked. <laughs> I so, love that. I love that yeah. you're, um. Your backup is like a professor. You're not like I was gonna yeah. go like surf and like like live the. You're like I was gonna. Go I wasn't. Be a I professor. wasn't. There are some plastic surgeons that are cool like that. They're like I was in a band and yeah. I, you know, I was gonna be on the professional surf tour and play rock and roll. Band. Like no, I wasn't that cool. That's hilarious. I love that. Well, I wonder if you would have had like a teaching podcast if you would have been like super famous on YouTube for like. Do your kids watch any of like the teachers on YouTube, like the learning shows? Like, do um, they watch any of this? What is the Maybe one? Maybe mine's like younger. Mr. And, Betts. Okay. Is is my they they I get introduced to Mr. Betts, yeah. and so the kids will sing like he has. He's like hit into history, and uh -huh. so it's it's all these history. Do you want to sing any songs? <laughs> yeah, I could. I could. I, I probably could. If you wouldn't have put me on the spot, I could probably start like the the seventeen seventy six. Yeah. So, I love that. So that's funny. So you would have been a professor. Yeah. Have you was, ever thought about going back to teach plastic surgery stuff? Um, I kind of look at the podcast as doing. Okay. Honestly. Cool. Yeah. No. I yeah. mean, I think absolutely, absolutely, it is. And 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 just general everyday office consultations and interactions with the staff. I mean, there's a lot of teaching that happens every day, mm -hmm. um, and it's it's a lot of fun because. You know, the way our office is set up, the, you know, where I sit and record the podcast is like 30 feet away from the operating room. Mm -hmm. And so during the day, it, when our injector has a couple of free minutes, if I'm doing, you know, a brow lift or a facelift or something that the anatomy is relevant to, to her day-to-day -day treatments, She'll come down and watch, and we'll we'll go over. You know, she'll get to see live anatomy right there, and we can kind of talk little esoteric things about injectables or about skincare. We, you know, I'm doing a, a you know aggressive laser. She'll come down and and watch, and we'll talk about you know skin biology as we're doing all that. So it's it's I kind of get the teaching part of it just by nature of what I do. Yeah. Well, I think that one of the things that I hope people take away from this is that you can make your path and do the things that you're passionate about, like no matter which direction you go. I think it's so important to make sure that you're not getting stuck in the routine and just getting stuck in the, oh, you know, I'm a stylist or I'm whatever it is that you do. Like we can talk about so many different professions right now of being like, follow the things that you love, you know, still continue to do the things that you feel like you're made to do or motivated to do, or the things that make you happy. Like all of this started with just me wanting to do it and wanting to make sure that people knew how awesome the beauty industry was. And now like it just keeps growing, but you know when the right move is and you know when like the next right step um, is supposed to happen. And I think it's so cool that you've been able to do that and not just be like, I'm a plastic surgeon and that's all I do. And you know, cause I think that that's normal. I think that's common. So I really think it's awesome that people have got to meet you and kind of hear the different things that you do and the different ways that you do it. Yeah. Oh, I, I thank you for that. And I, you know, kind of going back to the question that you, you'd asked just a second ago, I think that with, you know, with a lot of your audience who is considering a career in the beauty industry or is in the middle of their 750 hours of, of training, you know, and the, I would imagine a lot of them are probably scratching their head and going, I don't know what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I, I'm really, I, you know, I'm stressed out. I don't know where I'm supposed to be right now. Mm -hmm. I think if there's, if there's one bit of advice that, that could be very helpful is just don't shut any doors. You know, don't, don't make decisions that are going to close doors down the road and keep your options open because eventually you're going to come to what it is that you want to do, that you look and you say, okay, I can make a viable career out of doing this. And then, then you have the option to be able to do that 
as opposed to saying, well, no, that's too hard. I don't really want to do that right now. This doesn't, this isn't speaking to me today. (laughs) You know, I don't want to do that. And then you find yourself with a very narrow number of choices when you finally get to the point where you're, you're ready to make decisions as opposed to just saying yes and doing everything. And then that, that, your range of options then is going to be much, much broader. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's so important. And I don't think it's all, it's necessarily something that um, everyone's encouraged to do. Um, I definitely think it's, it's more accepted now to be able to do different, different things than not just being like, okay, I'm a teacher. So I only do this or I only do that. Like we're opening ourselves up some, up more, but I do think it takes people like you or people hearing a story like yours to say like, even a plastic surgeon, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like can do these, these different things. So I just think it's so special and I think it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so thankful um, that we got to have you and thankful well, thank you. Um, for everything that you're doing. And obviously like we're all excited to follow, um, to follow your path. And so what, where can we follow you? Where can we um, hear the podcast? Where can we follow you? I know on Instagram is where um, I mostly am following you. So tell us yeah. where we can find so, you. So um, Instagram at jhillmd. Um Website is drjasonhall.com or jhallmd.com, either one. Um, and then the podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, kind of wherever you listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. it's out there. It's called The Trillium Show with Dr. Jason Hall. Um, kind of a mouthful of a title. <laughs> it's not as cool as Beauty School Bobby, but it's, um, yeah, that's where we are. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure we tag you and we'll put all the links down below in the subscription. So if you are listening today, make sure that you are subscribing, leave us a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you um, ring that bell so that you are notified when the new episodes are coming out. And if you're in Knoxville, I cannot say enough about Dr. Jason Hall. He's amazing. Go see him, go check him out. If you're thinking about having any procedures, definitely go in and check out, um, Trillium as well, the aesthetic. Yes. So we definitely, we need to get your wife on next time too. So we oh, can, that would be fun. Actually, we'll do a separate episode so we can talk about you in the episode. So we'll do one just with her <laughs> next time. So thank just you. a girl show. Exactly. Be, yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. We'll see you next time guys. Bye.